heating now. Wow. Oh, I didn't realize there was a little chocolate drops. I like the little chocolate drops. Oh, some no treats more? are coming. I will release the treats. I'm just going to spit the rest of it back into the bag anyway. Eat it. <laughs> so this is our uh, this is the uh, New Year's New Year's show. Ah, shut up. This is a film photography podcast, episode 116, January 1st, 2015. I'm in the studio with Mark Dalzell. Hey. And John Fideli. Happy New Year's. Hey, John. Hey, how you doing? Good. This is the exciting January 1st show. You know, it's fresh. It's fresh. You we know, threw away all of our cameras and film from last year. You start, start completely fresh. You just start. Everything you start completely fresh. <clears throat> That's and what you think. I'm most thankful for in 2015 the fact that I have completely calibrated the mixer. Oh, great. People and will be able to finally understand what Mark has to say. The, uh, well, actually, Mark's... Uh, I'm going to bring, start bringing my own distortion pedal with me. <laughs> actually, you were better off with no mic because the mics were so hot that exactly. you're, you're, you were normal. Sadly, we had some distortion uh, a few episodes ago. Most of the episodes. This is not the audio <laughs> podcast. It's the film photography podcast. Exactly. So you'll have to excuse us. But, it's, you know, this is the exciting new the sound year. quality podcast. And um, today, on today's show... What show? We're going to be... Uh, Leslie Lazenby is going to stop by, and oh. she's going to talk about Ideal rangefinder. And that's not like... It sounds like an oven. It's not like a camera. Like, oh, what is the ideal rangefinder? It actually is a little rangefinder oh, that mounts the on ideal top. Ideal rangefinder. Mm. Okay. It's ide- the ideal brand. I love I those see. things. I love rangefinders. Oh. Oh. Hey. What was that? Those are robots. Yeah. Leslie is also going to be talking about the all-purpose lens system. Apparently, this is a system for ma- you know manual focus. Manual focus. Yeah. Cameras, and it's an adapter. So you let's say you have a Nolta, you can use a Canon lens, vice versa. Use a Pentax. This is one, one thing that does all this? I think it's a gadget. It must be. We're going to find out about that. Okay. Later on in the show, I'm going to be rolling in a segment that I recorded one year ago in Tampa, Florida. Wow. Where I discussed the Mamiya Secor 500DL and the Honeywell. How could it's, it's January. Why is there a fly in here? One guy. Oh, let's get Mark O'Brien on the phone. <laughs> Mark. Yes, like, Mike. But get away from that fly. Why exactly? You've got a December fly? Those are the most poisonous. <laughs> Why exactly, in the middle of the winter, is there a fly? Like, where does it come from? Like, where was it? What was it born from? Like a heating system? Maybe when you turned on the lights, you warmed up his, his egg. <laughs> <laughs> came out, of some, of this, the lights in came out of some of this European chocolate. Uh, the Honeywell Pentax Spotmatic. Mm-hmm. Which is a famous camera because if you watch like uh, Be- if you look at any Beatles 1964 era pictures, yeah, they're all taken on that. They're one. all hanging out with their Honeywell Pentax Spotmatic. Oh, that was the camera of the Beatles. It was even Ringo. Ringo especially. Oh, <laughs> Mark Dalzell is going to be talking about his Exacta 35 millimeter SLR. Uh, I am going to be chit-chatting briefly about uh, a point-and-shoot camera, the Argus. 35 HFM. Yeah. And, uh, very quickly, I'm going to talk about a little segment mm, about... I want to hear this. The SpeedX... SpeedX. <laughs> no. <laughs> Speedo. The Speedlight 300EZ. But what, what we talk about is gels. Yes. So. That's what I want to hear. Hey, you don't have a uh, orange filter I can borrow, do you? Like this? Well, is that an 85? This is 85. Oh. oh, to put over your lens? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I might. Okay, good. 
Do you know what size? 49 millimeter. Oh, geez. It's that awkward. Which one? What filter? It's for a 50 millimeter lens. What filter? Uh, orange 35. I might have one at the studio. So we're going to be talking about all that. And more. Yes, when we come back. what you really wanted for Christmas and pay for it with what you got and didn't want. So whether you're trading in Aunt Millie's gift or spending Christmas money, now's the time to get the simplest camera in the world, Polaroid's One Step. Here's a camera you never focus. You just press the button, a motor hands you the picture, and you see it in minutes. Just tell the story you'd rather have a one step. Your Aunt Millie won't mind. People always take back Aunt Millie's presents. I did. love the film photography podcast show your support visit our online store at filmphotographyproject.com that's right your purchases at our store support this show what show (laughs) you're not only supporting the podcast but you're also supporting our ample giveaway programs and our workshops just go to filmphotographyproject.com and click the store button good golly miss molly We're an official reseller of Kodak Alaris Films. That's right. Impossible Project Instant Films. Super amazing. And our very own FPP hand-rolled films. Your one-stop shopping. I have to tell you, I spent all my waking hours, no joke, (laughs) seeking out awesome films for your 35mm and 120 cameras. Most notably is the addition of Shmina Films. Shmina from Eastern Europe. That's right, Shmina Films. Right in our very FPP store, you'll see the famous Shmina FN64, Photo 100, Photo 200, Photo 400, and lots more. As well as Eastman Kodak black and white motion picture film. That's right. That's right for your 35mm still camera. Such stocks as Eastman Double X, Eastman High Contrast 5363, and the awesome Kodak Fine Grain 2366. Check out all these unique film stocks right at filmphotographyproject.com. Hey, hey, thanks. Let's get back to more show. Hey, we're back. Let's open up with a letter and some sugar. <laughs> Let's open up with that. What's in that bag? What are those? Cherries? Oh, no. These are, uh, Nuts? These are from A Taste of Dawn Health Food, and this is uh, dark chocolate almonds. Oh. Want to see those? Sure. Where'd you get this bag from? This bag came all the way from... This... Oh, we have a letter here from Mark Kilmer. He is the anti-Mark on Flickr. Oh. And he is from Melbourne, Australia. Yeah. Good day, Mark. Exactly. He sent us in his bag. Oh, there's no one taking any pictures. Here, check this out. Let me read his letter or no? Yeah. Oh, you want me to take some ha- half frame photos of you? Uh, the half frame is odd. Yeah, you have to. I, I don't know which way you have. Perfect. John's going to read the letter, but he uh, sent us some uh, Tim Tams. Those are awesome. It says Tim Tam by 
Adriano Zumbo. These are red velvet Tim Tams. Mm. Who's Adriano Zumbo? That famous red velvet Whoa. designer. She gave us red. <laughs> I'm a fan of the red velvet. He also gave us a violent crumble. <laughs> Violet. It's the way it Violet. shatters. It's the way it shatters that matters. That's it's violet. I've never seen that before. It says violet, not violet. Violet crumble. That's like a good band name. Mike said violent. <laughs> violet crumble. This is like, amazing. Oh! This is Cadbury Dairy Milk Marvelous Creations Jelly Popping Candy Beanies. That There's way too that. much going on in that bar. That is bursting with flavor. Oh, it's two of them. Oh, you guys get one. Oh, that one's Fizzy Crunch. Oh. What's that? Fries. Turkish Delight. 60% less fat. Oh. That's for... And always has been. Yeah. yeah. What does uh, Mark say, the other Mark? The anti-Mark. <clears throat> Hi, Mike and gang. Thanks for all the great shows. What show? Hi. I'm, I'm dropping the Australian okay. accent. For the last couple of years, I've been shooting mainly large and medium format. <clears throat> One of the big attractions for me with 35 film is being able to shoot red scale. Mm. I feel that red scale has a very nice color palette. When overexposed, that makes it a completely unique film stock. You shoot red scale, bro? Okay. Yep. You? you do? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. No, you don't shoot a lot of specialty films, do you? Uh, the only time I've shot red scale, I like vastly underexposed and it didn't really work uh, properly. So, yeah, I've got I to gotta revisit that. John, what is red scale? 35 millimeter red scale film. It's film ba- backwards film. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's film that is backwards in the canister, so you're shooting through the base. So you have to add at least... Four few, stops. Yeah, at least three or four stops to what the, the rated speed of it to make it make uh, it work. Obviously, I've never shot it. So. I shoot red scale eight hundred at twenty five. Wow, really? Yeah, you could shoot. You could be twenty five ASA. How many stops? Is that? Hi. No, it's what? How many stops? Is that's uh, four hundred, two hundred, but that's four stops. That's a lot of stops. Yeah, comes out nice. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay. Oh wait, I've thrown in a, a few rolls of reds. Wait, cut. <laughs> Three, I've thrown two, in one. a... F- three, two. <laughs> I've thrown in a few rolls of red scale film I have made up at home. These are best shot at 25. Ooh, ISO 25, 25, in my opinion. I hope you can give them to someone who would enjoy experimenting with them. I thought you might also enjoy some treats from Down Under. The specialty Tim Tam released this month is Red Velvet. Well, they do it every month. I'm a, I'm a big oh. fan of the Red they Velvet. They have a special Tim Tam every month. That's crazy. It's like those Japanese Kit Kats. Another reason to go to Australia. Oh, well, Mark, you need to send us a package every month. <laughs> yeah. You're in, you're in now, buddy. We barely get Tim Tams in stores. No. They made one brief appearance in Target. Open those up. Uh, no, no. Just go in there. Oh, what are you going to stingy out? Do you, you guys really want to taste yeah, these? You really do? Tim-tab? What? Yeah. All right. When you're, when you're right, you're right. Cream cheese keep, icing. Uh, keep up the great shoes. We don't have any. That's it? That's all he says? That's it. What do you mean that's it? He's been reading for five minutes. Does it say anything about what's coming next month? No. <laughs> I don't think they know. I think that's why it's so special. We don't have any coffee. People rush to the stores. Ah, coffee, schmoffy. Open them temp jams. Oh. Right, kick you in the shins Ooh. under the table. Oh, people that... Uh... When they open Christmas gifts, like, takes a half hour. That's me. I'm going to yeah. use this cookie package again. I'm, not, I'm trying not to rip it. Oh. Mmm. Special. What do you think? Cream cheese is pretty good, actually. Yeah. It's kind of cream cheesy. Did the bulb go off? Thanks, Mark. It's from Kevin Maloney. Maloney. How to pronounce your name? Think lunch meat. 
Uh, hey, FPPers. Today, while working the lab, I fired up the old FPP podcast from June 2014. You remember that one, Mike? That was a good one. That was special. I smirked when the subject turned to mixing Unicolor C41 chemistry, as I had just finished mixing a batch and was already partway through the development step. Wow. That is pretty freaky, dude. Pretty freaky, Kev. So he was mixing his chemistry while we started talking about exactly. it. Exactly. Well, when does that ever happen? Whoa. We were totally in sync. I processed. Huh? Yeah. Imagine that. That's crazy. I processed C41 in Jobo tanks, rolling on a roller base for constant agitation. About the time I had dumped and added the Blix, your discussion turned to how the Blix effervesces. 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 Fizzy. <clears throat> bubbles. How, how the Blix fizzes. It got bubbles when fresh. About 10 seconds later, the orange slip-on lid blew off the Jobo <laughs> tank, and the plague started spilling. Yep. <laughs> I dove, grabbing the tank and turned it upright, slipped on the lid, and got it rolling again. That's pretty funny. That has happened before, but I always, in 20 years of processing C40 Mung, among many things, assumed it was a loose lid. But at that second, thanks to the podcast, I realized it was the pressure building up in the tank. That's pretty... Uh, We're making a real difference in people's lives. Yeah. I smiled, vowing to bleed off gas every minute when it blew again. In the end, my lab looked like a murder scene with blood-colored blicks splatters uh, everywhere. Ammonia-scented, <laughs> blood-spattered. There's always something new to learn. Best, Kevin Maloney. All right, Kevin. Cool, man. Could that be the end? The end of the half frame? <laughs> Let's smash it. Oh. oh wow. That, now that? it's grinding good. It's not re- it didn't rewind. Oh, it's supposed to do it Is by Is there a rewind button? By its own self? Oh, yeah, the rewind button's doing nothing. <laughs> oh. Yep. There's one for the bag. Up, oh, you got to close the shutter. Oh, that's a weak sound. All right, this is a great segue into uh uh camera which I would like to speak about. And this is called well, first of all, it's New Year's, and my go- when I open this up, do you think it's going to be... Well, I wouldn't do it in the bright light here. My goal in this new, exciting year of 2015, mm-hmm. as you know, as I know you have, Mark, we both have boxes, uh, boxes with point-and-shoot cameras just like piled up to a, to a point. <laughs> just, do you have a bunch? Yes. I have more point-and-shoot cameras piled up than I could ever use in a lifetime. And my goal is this year, in 2015... Shoot them all. In one, every week... Hang them high. Take a small roll of film, like a 12-exposure roll of film, go out and shoot with that camera, document the camera, mm-hmm. photograph it in case it's not on that camera wiki, and make just a little you know entry online in Flickr and maybe in Tumblr. Hey, this is the camera. This is how it works. This is my experience with it. I mean, you're talking about a paragraph because most of these cameras are very simple. I, I think these cameras don't get any attention from anybody. No, no they're, love. They're, you look on eBay, you will find lots of just tons of lots. With these lots are of tons. completely forgotten cameras. They're very much Nana cameras, wouldn't you say? They're yeah. Junks. You know, the junks. This camera, this is called the Argus Dual 35 then over here it says 35HFM. It looks like it was made without much care. Yeah. But enough care went into it, enough thought went into it, that it's a half-frame or a full-frame camera. Oh. It's for I the thrifty grandma who wants to get twice as many pictures. This was given to me. And could see well. My mom gave me this. She did. She's like, oh, Michael, your brother has a camera. Let me see. Oh, he has two of them. Here, take one, but don't let him see you take it. What would he do? I had to sneak this out of the house. 
it took a few tries to get the take up to actually work, mm-hmm. as you can guess. It was, yeah. it was rough, a rough riding getting it to. It sounded like it was working pretty hard. Let me take a peek. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, nice. Oh, it, did it. it did it. Look at that. Perfect. It left a little tab out. Yeah, it left a little tab Let's wow. shoot it again. Shoot it again. <laughs> Run it through something Go through else. again. Shoot it again. See, now, so now that, that brings me to another topic. What do you do now to make sure you don't accidentally shoot that roll again? Do you. Oh, I'm going to mark exposed on it. Uh, see, I, I mark the tab itself. Can't I you write just on the suck film. the tab in there? Can't you just well, but then you have to get it back way? out again later, which sometimes oh, is annoying. Oh, I see. So I actually write on the film itself what the camera was. Oh, well, I'm going to take... Exposed. So I'm, I'm removing an exposed roll of film. This particular camera left a little tab out, mm. and I'm going to... Well, there's some on there already. What's there's some say? sort of communique. I'm going to communicate with myself <laughs> for the future. He's sending himself a like message the to the future. Exposed. <laughs> this I'm, is I'm a roll of um, applesauce. Eastman. This is Eastman Double X. And it's a ten exposure roll, but I took twenty shots, and I'm going to develop this in Kodak D76 from last April. Okay. That I mixed up. That was already thirty years old powder form. Would you get it? You got it. Remember? Oh, was that just stuff I gave to him? You gave That's to me right. I, gave it to him. I made such a fit about it. Exactly. That he's like, listen, Mike. This Here, just 30, take it. Just take it. It's 30 years old, and if I, even if I bought a new it would be like under $10. I had to give him that two cookies and a lollipop to oh get him to God. stop crying. Did you have to rock him to sleep that night? <laughs> well, okay. how is it? Generally speaking, the Argus Dual 35, I, I liked I, – I grabbed it because – I was amazed by the fact that it was a half-frame camera, and I just wanted to try it out. Mark kind of turned me off to him, because he was every time he, you had a half-frame probably a year or two ago, mm-hmm. and you were like, oh, every shot, he was like, oh. One of these? Because it never ends. Yeah. The point-and-shoot or like a good one? Uh, I don't remember. I think that, that might have been my Mercury 2 that I accidentally put a roll of 36 in, <laughs> so that happens. It'll take you like a year. I made you like a Lomachino, just like, get oh, through it. You were taking shots of like garbage on the floor just to <laughs> yep, get rid literally. of it. Well, look, there's the sun again. Let me take another picture of that. So basically, folks out there listening who have not experienced half-frame cameras, if you, lo- if you load a roll of 36 exposure film, you'll get 72 shots. Think of the pain and torture. Think of how many, how many uh, holidays and birthdays you have to go through in order to shoot 72 frames. We're talking about a whole year of like, activities. For John, that would be like three years of shooting. Unless you want to shoot like your own like DIY Lomo Kino. Like this has a tripod. Um, what do you call that? Mount. 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 And so you could like mount it and just run off all 72 frames. Sure. And then just animate it in your computer. What fun. So this is the uh, Argus Dual 35. I'm guessing it's from the 1990s, from maybe late 80s, from the look of it. It has a very square yeah. look. It's got like it. the Star Trek kind of writing on the side, Dual 35. It does. It is uh, a giveaway camera. My brother has two of them. He nicked an extra one. Uh, it takes AA batteries. It has uh, an okay light on the back. Okay. So, so it is okay. That's good. When you, when you open up the front of it to you know, expose the lens so you could shoot, it automatically exposes the flash. Oh, you know, where it, does that go? I didn't see it pop out. Magic. It, it was it's magic. Co- it's connected. See, oh, it's one, look at it's that. It's one molded piece. So it's, it's connected, comes out. Boogie, boogie, boogie. Oh, it, has, it has a manual. Oh, you have to It has a manual oh. button on the front where you have a choice of 100 ISO, 200 ISO, 400 ISO, or 1,000. That's all of them. 1,000 uh, ISO film was really hot in the... Like the 1980s. Really? They started coming out with that um, Kodak. I never shot a roll of 1,000. This camera's been sitting in a drawer for clearly 20 years or however long it's been. You pop two batteries in it and boom. It worked. It came to life. It was a little rough 
you say, oh, how is it? It's, it's a little crappily, it's crappily yeah. molded. It took a few times, a few tries to get the film to actually, actually take up. Luckily, it has one of these, what do you call these hypnotic things sometimes you see on camera? Uh, I don't know what they. Well, I don't candy the, the stripe. Load, the load indicator. Yeah, it's, it's like a candy striped load indicator never to seen confirm that. that you've actually got your. Yeah, film. when your film is actually moving through the camera, the candy stripes. Yeah. Wiggle will move. W- will move. Yeah. But it will tell you, you know, that your film is actually moving. Well, that's a good feature. It is. I haven't yet seen any. Well, you guys need to ask the question. Go ahead. I can't believe Mike, how long we're talking about any, this camera. Have you seen any? What? What did you? <laughs> <laughs> did you shoot with it yet? <laughs> this is the first roll I shot with. And I'm going to be home souping this, and I will have uh, results next show. Oh my Great. god! I where'd can't you, wait. So where did you get this? <laughs> <laughs> I got this from my mom, who asked me to sneak it out of her house because she didn't want my brother to see that she's giving me right. his product. It's kind of funny with parents, right? It is. Well, great. That's so. That's the Argus <laughs> Dual 35. My commitment to point and shoot cameras this year. We'll see how long this lasts. That's what I was going to say. Next show, you can make uh, give us the list of all the point shoots. How I, what kind of list should I make? Should I make an Excel file list or on paper? Yeah, yeah with, day, the, with each day of the month with the, the camera that you used on that particular day throughout the year. Okay. Yeah. Do the, the 365 Excel. project where you're using a different camera every day. I can put a little a column for what film I shot in it. There you go. Sure. Create your own spreadsheet. And then a little column where you can put notes like, got this from mom. Yeah. Mom stole this from Brother, we're going to take a quick break, and we come back. I'm going to briefly talk about a flash and some gels, and then Mark's going to talk about his camera. Flash. We'll be right back. Ah. Hey, it's Mike here with John. The dark room is a lab on the West Coast, and these days, because you know we're all shooting film, but you know the big question is where do I bring my film to get processed? Because Mm -hmm. so many local labs have been closing, and even our local CVS, Target stores, Walmart, diminishing. The darkroom is an option, and they've really stepped up to develop all films. 110 film, 126 film, 35 millimeter film, 620 film, 120 film, 4x5 film, 8x10 film. Wow. One uh, stop shopping. Black and white, color print C41, color slide E6. E6. Uh, 122, 2035, 4x5, 8x10. The dark room. It's the They also do testing of awesome films like Lomo, X Pro, Red Scale, True Black and White, Crossbird, Redbird, oh, Nightbird, oh, hey. uh, Infrared films. All of us here at the FPP highly recommend you go there. They'll take good care of you. The dark room. Dot com. <laughs> Tell them the FPP sent you. Yeah. Hey, everybody. This is Michael Rosso, and I'm phoning you so everyone can mark their calendar for our upcoming FPP Walking Workshop 2015. That's right, an official FPP meetup on Saturday, March 14th, 2015 in San Clemente, California at The Dark Room. That's right, at The Dark Room. We're all going to meet on Saturday the 14th for a meet and greet. We're going to have an awesome camera giveaway, a deluxe tour of The Dark Room's lab and processing center, a photo walk, and lots more. Come on out on the 14th of March to meet myself, Matt, and Leslie. Look for details on the FPP website, filmphotographyproject.com. More news soon. Yo! 
Hey, we're back. Look at that. This is a flash that I've never used before, and the only reason I grabbed to use it was because uh, I was shooting tungsten film, and the little pop-up flash in the Canon EOS camera, mm. it was, it was kind of difficult to attach anything yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, my God, I have that flash somewhere. Stoops. Because the Canon EOS have their own built-in flash, I rarely use the, you know, the uh, recommended light. speed light. So this was my, my first experience using a speed light with a Canon EOS. I was delighted once I got the crud out of the battery compartment mm-hmm. and got it up and running. I was delighted yes. that uh, when you put the camera on and you activate it by depressing the shutter halfway, mm-hmm. that it automatically sensed what focal length. Your, what? Your, it automatically senses what lens you have on the camera. That's mm-hmm. great. It is. Oh, that's well, it's grand, man. It's got all the Canon pins. Yes, it, do, it does. It has all the Canon pins. Oh, it's grand. But the kind of genesis of this conversation is the fact that uh, tungsten film has made a bit of a res- uh, there's been a bit of resurgence, revised a renewed interest in tungsten film with the Cinestill guys. 500T films, yeah. The Cinestill uh, 800 film, which is tungsten balanced. Last year, uh, Lomography came out with uh, Lomo Cine 200. Oh, which was a that. tungsten film. It was a special item. Oh. Came and went. You're <laughs> limited to X amount of rolls. And, of course, the FPP. I've been uh, Kodak Vision 3 crazy. Mm-hmm. See, that's the right way to do it. <laughs> oh, God. I actually have tons of tungsten film because I bought like 100 rolls from Unique. Oh, you did? Of expired stuff that was, it's tungsten, one, I forget what it is, Kodak 160 something or other. T. Tungsten. Yeah, the 160T, yeah. I've got like 60 rolls of it left, and every time I put it in, I, it, it makes me conscious of the fact that I'm not shooting it correctly. But Tungsten film is, of course, balanced Relevant. for indoor studio lights, 3,200 degrees of Kelvin. This yes. is all on the Google, if you want to look it up. The Google. So if you're shooting with tungsten film indoors, even with you know common, what is it called, incandescent, incandescent bulbs. incandescent bulbs at home, it will make for nice, warm... Yes. Beautiful image. Yeah. If you're shooting outside, shooting my Christmas tree with it. If you're shooting outside, you're going to have a bl- a blue mess. It will be very blue outside because bl- daylight is to this film blue. Blue. So uh, since I'm shooting so much of the FPP hand rolled mm-hmm. Kodak Vision Three 500T, mm-hmm. my favorite film right now. Yes. Many times uh, it's in my camera, and I want to shoot shoot some friends or family, and I can't because. Oh, it's like we don't have too much sun because it's January, so it's kind of gray out. But it's still, you know, you need I need some form of light. I need a light source. I need something that is, you know, the proper balance. Flash. So, yes. So I took a flash. And I took an eighty-five filter, and that is an orange filter. Gel. Yes, this is a gel. The filter would be glass or plastic. Yeah. The gel is actually like pliable, like acetate. Yeah. And I taped it beautifully over. My, if I don't say so myself, can, I did right. It's beautiful, it's incredible. Canon Speedlight oh, 300 EZ, and this you're, is. You're gonna post that on the. Uh, oh, I am on the website. Oh yeah, it's on my Flickr stream right now. Oh, this yeah. a picture of a picture that. of this picture of that tape it's a picture job. of this tape job. Yeah, it's my first time using the 300 EZ. God, it's beautiful. I don't know. I don't. I didn't download the uh, manual from uh, Mike Butkus. It's incredible. Uh, I don't know what this means. This thing here. Oh, don't touch that. <laughs> Let me see. What does that do? It's like does uh, it's like I don't know. It does stuff that we don't know. Wow, I like I like the picture though. I wonder what that means. What are the icons? 
No, it's just it's like, it's it's like person, it's person three, with their head exploding. It's three little arrows, but in weapon? one of them, the first arrow is colored in, and the other one, the last arrow is colored in. I don't know what that means, but... Or you can go fast forward, uh, or you can go fast forward. Or you can go forward, forward faster. <laughs> He's going to get a roll of film. Man, look at this place. It's like a candy shop. I'm taking my third Tim Tim. It's a marshmallow world. I'm taking my third Tim Tim. It's the way that shatters that matters. Oh, this is already open. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's this good. This looks like a crunchy bar. That's the violet crumble. Violet. Oh. 300 easy speed light. I taped a 85 filter to it. Mm. Uh, Beautifully, I might add. It is, right? It's seamless. Oh, it's amazing. And I used this, if you recall, when you and I were in Lee Sushi the other day. Yeah. That picture came out beautiful. Oh, really? Yeah. Skin tones on your face. Nice. I used it with a roll of 500T. Yeah, it could make know? me look good. Then it yeah. worked beautifully with the, my Canon EOS camera. With all this, with this big resurgence of tungsten film, because a lot of people, like Mark, you you throw a roll of tungsten in, you're like, oh, like you walk out the door, but you don't really care, do you? Uh, I I care, but uh, not, not enough really. to dig out a, the proper filter. I just I I put it on there and then keep in my head if I'm shooting outside, it's going to be blue. And at, at the end of the day, if I get something... Use it for effect. Well, if I scan it in and I have some incredible shot that I love, but it's just too blue, I just touch the colors a bit in Photoshop. So I, I will adjust it later if I need the, to. The, can you ever really yeah. Yeah. make it look nice? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, really? It's, it's kind of tough, though. I think it's kind of tough to yeah. correct. Well, I'm the, pretty good with Photoshop. Oh, very good. That you could tape a gel over your flash, and it does, it does make for a great picture. And it's very easy to do. And sometimes you don't think of these things, like, oh, I need a filter for my lens. Well, not necessarily. And what is beautiful about this is if you shoot this outside, mm-hmm. you're, 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 the person in your foreground is beautifully exposed in the proper color temperature. Background. That's what it just occurred to me. will be nice and blue. That's what it just occurred to me would happen, yes. be awesome. That would be awesome. No, I just like so to So you add- can shoot it on a sunny day. Even though it's sunny out, still use the flash. Mm. Yeah. And that'll, that'll add the yellow, add the orange back into your people. Yep. Can I just add something? Yes. Uh, Mark, when you send uh, next month's Tim Tams, please send some more violet crumbles. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Go ahead. What were you talking about? Film flash. something or other? The discu- what to do with tungsten film. Right. That should be the, the topic. That should be the subject. What to do with tungsten film. I think that's a good workaround. Good artistic workaround. Yeah. And I encourage everyone, of course, to go to the FPP online store and pick up some Kodak Vision 3 film. If you're home processing in the Unicolor kit or sending it to the Little Film Lab, the only, one of the only places or the only place I know of that will process and take that damn Remjet off. Damn you, Remjet. Exactly. You damn filthy ape. You rammed it all up. You shoot with that yet? Yes. <laughs> I did, I did, and the shot came out beautiful. Oh, I heard. And I'm going to be shooting all New Year's Day with this flash. I can't. Dare I not bring the Argus Dual oh. 35 to New Year's no. dinner at my parents? No way. No, not because it won't work. Your imagine, brother will kill you. Imagine I'm shooting with it, and my brother's like... Your brother will just stand up and go look in his room and, yep. be, and then come out and just strangle you. <laughs> he won't say anything. He'll just He'll be, be like... Drag you in the when we come back, we're going to be talking about uh, Mark's Exacta 35mm SLR. That well of a camera. Yeah, it's awesome. We'll be right back. 
Hey, this is Michael Rosso, host of the Film Photography Podcast, and a huge thank you to folks out there who have donated to the FPP over the last few months or year. If you love the FPP and really dig the podcast and continued blogs, videos, then please consider donating to the Film Photography Project. And you could do so very easily by either finding a camera, a film camera that works, and consider donating it to the show. Do you have any excess film that you're not shooting? Or if you can make a contribution, you could easily do that on the FPP Film Photography Project site and click Donate. Everything that's received is used for the Film Photography Project and its podcast for our monthly giveaways and any monies that are made in the FPP store just fuel the podcast. Let's keep these shoes going. The Film Photography Podcast. It's here for you. Mm, that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. Hey, we're back. Hey. Mark, that's a very interesting looking camera you have there. It is. I actually this is one of the one of the cameras that was on my short list of cameras that I always <laughs> wanted really to have. Because the um, not this exact one. So what I've got here is the Exacta. Um, mine is called the VX2B, but uh, the 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 sort of like that's the American name of it. The rest of the world had the Varex2B. It's exactly the same camera. Um, Where was this uh, manufactured? These are made in Germany. Ah. Well, uh, uh, yeah, they were they were primarily made in Germany. This particular one was um, made in the early '60s. It was made in Dresden. Oh, wunderbar. Whoa. Made in Germany. It's amazing. Um, but what happened was the, uh, the European designation for these was the Varex. Like, that mm. was the brand name for them. But They branded them here as the Exacta. No. Canada. They wanted to... No, no. What, so what they did was they, they branded them as the Varex in Europe. When they wanted to release it in the U.S., speaking of Argus, Argus snatched up the name Varex. Oh, really? So uh, Exacta couldn't use it in the U.S. So in the U.S., they're called the VX. But it's exactly mm. the same camera, just because they couldn't—they didn't have the rights to the name. So, speaking of Argus, uh-huh. um, but yeah, ex- the one I have here, like I said, is the VX2B. The uh, Exacta was holds the claim to fame of having the first 35 millimeter SLR camera, uh, and that came out in 1933. Is that right? 30, yeah, 1933. That was the um, the Exacta Kine. It was called. Um, it's gone through a ton of different models and variations. Um, from the mid-30s up until the, the 60s when this one came out. But what I've got here is the... V- so anyway, so this is the VX2B. So what this is is full-on 35-millimeter SLR camera. Yeah, VX2B. So uh, this, these use the Exacta lenses on them. All Exacta cameras from the mid-30s... Look at that. From 1936 until 1977 used the same lens mount. No way. There were 2,000 lenses made to fit Exacta cameras. And everybody made Exacta lenses. So wow. Canon even made Exacta lenses. Olympus made Exacta no lenses. There were literally thousands of lenses that you could get for this camera. Uh, the one that I have on here is an actual Exacta Exitar 50mm 2.0. So mm. a pretty good lens. Yeah. Um, these They did make a pretty rare 1.2 for it, but 1.5 is a little more common. But the F2 is pretty standard. Um, but otherwise, it's... A pretty modern camera. It's got some really cool features. The shutter speeds go from a thousandth all the way to 12 seconds. So you can run on, on the main shutter wheel up here. You've got one thousandth all the way down to one thirtieth mm-hmm. plus bulb and time. And then over on this side, this is your long 
shutter speeds. Mm. So this thing oh, uh, will yeah. let you go one, two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve seconds. So this basically works as a self-timer, except it's self-timing how long the shutter stays open, rather than when to open the shutter. <coughs> Very economical. So it's kind of kind of cool that you can. It just has twelve seconds built into it. Thank you. It's uh, it's got a really interesting loading feature. So it oh, I've got the spool in my pocket. It actually. looks the camera looks very Art Deco. Now that it's I'm looking at like the gears at the top. Well, there. it's very clunky German. But it's Deco, baby. Like post-war, um, you know. Yeah, I guess you could say Deco. I wouldn't agree with that, but you can go ahead and say that. Hey. Um, so it loads wise. onto these spools that. Oh, look at that! You wanna you wanna try and not blue. lose one of those. If you do lose it, you can use the. Hold that spool up if you, you can, don't mind. You can break open a 35 millimeter Show canister. There's blue on the bottom. It's very nice. <laughs> you can break open a 35 millimeter film canister, and that'll that'll pretty much work too. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, so you load it into that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so everything about it basically is flipped from looking oh. at a regular oh, camera. Oh, so he's right. It's hard to see, but so you, the film canister goes in the right side. Look at that, John. The winder is on the left. Oh, oh. oh. So winding it. Leftways. That's right. And the the, the um, shutter release is on the front of the body on the left side. For this which camera, is really annoying. Left is right. Yeah. <laughs> so the problem with it when you're shooting is that you have to basically hold it with your left hand, focus with your right hand, and mm-hmm. fire with the left. But because the shutter button's not on the top, mm-hmm. you don't you can't get it's a good grip awkward. on it. It's really awkward to shoot. So all the lenses have the. Shutter release there? Uh, they don't have to because there is access to the shutter release on oh, the body. But yeah, all the ones that I've seen do have that little that little tab on the side. Wow, it's a plunger. Yeah, it just basically pushes through the lens, so it doesn't really do. Anything. And you said that's called Exacta lens. Yeah, the Exacta bayonet mount. Have yeah. you started collecting Exacta bayonet mount lenses? I get them when I get them. I have two Exacta bodies. Actually, I meant to bring the other body with me too. I have. I also have a a, a VX2A. Um, but that one is a complete basket case. This yeah. one is only a 90% of a basket case. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's a really solid SLR. It, it, the only thing it doesn't have is X-Sync. Mm. Um, it's F&P Sync. It's got... Oh, what sync is it? F&P. Hey, watch your mouth. What are those? F&P. Uh, so they're bulbs. How come they're not called M? Why are they called F&P? Well, because that is the correct way. What is your problem? <laughs> I wish I had prepared a more... Americans. Who's the dude from Andy Warhol's Frankenstein? What's his name? Oh, Udi Kier? He's like Udi Kier. Yeah. Udi Kier. Udo Kier, something like that. But I don't have the food I eat. I only have chicken, vegetables I've never seen before. <laughs> What's going on out there? It sounds like there's a bar fight going on. I don't have chicken... Um, F&P are just two different speeds of bulb. Uh, M is a do- another speed. I don't, off the top of my head, I don't know what all the, all the different ones are because I don't use them. But mm. So this, is, this was synced for F&P bulbs. It's got three different PC ports depending on exactly what bulb you're shooting. They're all different sync speeds. Oh, look at that. Um, wow. So on this side is the FP. On the, left, you know, on the right side, I guess, when you're shooting it, is the FP. On the left side is the F. And I don't even know what this one's synced for. They have sort of everything. Yeah. But, um, oh, and another really interesting feature it's got is Colonel the Hogan. reason, the reason <laughs> this comes camera. out. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I'm going through every German character I know. Mark, continue. Do you have a, <clears throat> what do you need? Do you have a muzzle? Empty, do you have a can, an old canister? <laughs> yeah. Like uh, like one of the, like an empty film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a, not a, not a can, can, uh, container. An empty roll? 
Yeah, or a full roll. No! Or an empty roll. Unhogen! I know nothing! Nothing! And the moon comes out over the fearless house. <laughs> Alright, so anyway. So the reason that this little spool comes out of here is. Mm. Okay, watch this part. This oh. is the tricky part. It comes out of there. You take a used up canister. Oh my god. That goes in here. Then you take your fresh canister, put it in here. You tape it. Tape it. And what you can do is I can shoot, let's say, five pictures, six pictures, however much I want. When I'm done, now imagine the film is stretched across here into mm-hmm. this canister. I undo this little wheel. Now this little, it's got an incredibly sharp blade. This little guillotine. Yes. What? Why won't it come Get out. Cuts down and chops the film off. I take out the finished film. I can put another empty in there and keep shooting on that same roll. Or I can take both of them out and put a whole different film. <clears throat> so it's got this little guillotine blade. That Why do you suppose that I don't was understand. Nine... Let's say you should cr- say you have 36 exposures or 40, whatever, long exposure in there. Can I cut this? Yeah, of course. Yeah. All right, so do you, look. Do you need a scissor? Uh, no, it doesn't really matter. So look. So, if, so imagine. Yes. You have a canister in here. Okay, you've got a canister in there. Okay. So you're, you're loading a, a canister into another canister. Right. Instead of a take-up reel. Right. So you, don't, so you won't be rewinding it. Oh, I get you. Oh, okay. So, oh, that's nice. So you, yeah. shoot, yeah. that. so you shoot, 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 shoot. Yeah. When, when I decide, oh, I'm sick of that, that roll. Don't cut your finger. So you're like, oh, I want to get those off the press right yeah, away. Yeah, I want to switch to faster film. Chop. Oh, look at that. And then you take out that's, your shot film. That's pretty cool. And now I can take this and load it up again. You know what? Again. If you were shooting professionally, like let's say for news yeah. or a newspaper, yeah. Yeah. you that's would need to shoot a story, cut it, give it to the, uh, Jimmy Olsen to go into the dark room and develop, and then keep shooting. Without wasting the rest of your roll. If, you only shoot, you yeah. know, if, you're, if you're outside yeah. and you shoot five shots, then you have to move inside. Yeah. You either can blow the roll, or in this one, you can just slice it and yeah. keep moving. That's fantastic. I was thinking it's it was really interesting. It was made, sorts of everything. It was made for a reason. Yes. Probably not consumer, like, oh, dad shot Christmas, but he's not going to get the film developed till next Christmas. Well, most of these, I mean, imagine who was, I don't even know what the price of these were, but imagine who was buying SLR cameras in the late 30s, early yeah. 40s. These weren't like... Not too many people. You know, Some pros. The Christmas tree. These yeah. were seriously pros. professional. Yes. There were um, yeah. tons yeah. of lenses for it. It has uh, removable prisms. Whoa. You can get all kinds of... Um, there, I, there are tons of different prisms Ooh. and waist level viewers things you can get for it. Um, this one's got... A, luckily, I've got the prism with it, not the waist level. This is also... Oh, this, is, this is an add-on. Uh, it's, like a, it's like a Transformers camera. Oh, look at that. Yeah, yeah it so is. The, so the cold shoe I have on here is actually an add-on, too. So that's not part of the original camera. So. Oh, that is... Got, is there a meter in there? No, this is yeah, this is pre meters. But and uh, how much did you pay for this camera, Colonel Hogan? Yeah, I think it was about thirty bucks. This was really? eBay because I, I steal, wanted man. one. Yeah, I really wanted it's one. Clean. Yeah, it is. Oh, it's clean, but because you cleaned it. Well, the outside is clean, but what happened was it was it was stored badly. I think it was stored cocked. Stored. Oh, jeez. Um, so the uh, my my curtains mm. are kind of messed up. And, and Ben, I've got pinholes in in my second curtain. Oh dear! So I have to make sure I keep it cocked to keep it light tight. As soon as I shoot it, I have to wind it again. Right. Otherwise, it leaks all over the place. And then some of my shutter speeds are messed up. So mm. everything everything above two fifty is just a thousand, and mm. my slow shutter speeds actually hang up. So my thirtieth 
Oh, actually, that does kind of work now. But you know what, Mark? I yeah, think we, my 30th doesn't we work, do but. need to try this. Dairy Milk presents marvelous creations. I'm curious. Cola popping candy. Hey, maybe you could cut that into three pieces using that little razor blade That's in the back true. of the camera. Fizzy Crunch. I think this is like... Uh, like a fruit roll up. Slice what up. is that fizzy stuff that blew up in that kid's Pop mouth? Pop Rock. I think these are oh. like Pop Rocks. I think Pop that's rocks? what it is. Yeah. Really? I think this pop blew up in that in kid's there. mouth. I thought it exploded his heart. Yeah, that's They went his bloodstream and went right to his heart. Everything yeah, his heart blew, blew up. up. Yeah. All right. I'm doing Mark, it. have you shot with that camera? I'm not scared. Uh, yes, I have, actually. And are the pictures on your Flickr stream? They are on my Flickr stream. I'm not thrilled with it. Why? Um, well, partially it's my own fault because I shot some expired, slightly expired 800... Oh, eight hundred some cheap eight hundred film. Like some of the some of the pictures, like I said, they were kind of they came out a little unexposed, underexposed. What I did was I was going bowling, which I haven't done in a long time. And I was like, I'm going to bring this bowling with me and get some awesome bowling shots. Yeah, and then we got there and it was like, hey, it's blacklight bowling night. Oh. So it was pitch black in there because it was only oh, lit by blacklights. So the the pictures on my photo stream are like really crazy neon lit. You know, kind of grainy, underexposed. So, and since it doesn't have X Sync, it doesn't have a flash. I I didn't have a flash with me. So, anyway, so that so I kind of wrecked my my test shot with it. But otherwise, give it a second chance. Why don't you give it a chance, well, Mark? But I have to be careful with it because it's got so many light leaks in it oh, that I have to be careful with how I shoot it. But oh, you got to shoot it at night. And on the flip side, it's so uncomfortable to use. Even <laughs> even the shutter button is serrated. Like who the hell puts serrations on it? Yeah, Maybe like literally, sh- like ouch! It hurts to push the button. <laughs> but you shut your mouth. So it didn't do anything interesting. Uh, I love the camera. I would love to get more of them. It looks beautiful, though. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to actually go. You know, move backwards. I think once it. you acclimate yourself to the. Uh, the left is right concept on it. Well, it's not even that. It, like I said, if if it was just that you because your 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 shutter button is on the front of the camera, yeah. it just makes it awkward yeah. to hold. To like, if you look at Mike and focus and shoot it, yeah, you'll that's see. weird. Yeah, it's, it's really no good way. There's to, no way to hold it. Huh? Yeah, the lens is super clean on it actually. Yeah, it's great. All the Exacta fans in the audience are, are screaming, waiting for me to say it too. But say sure. it, say it. Two A, the one right before this, was the camera that they used in Rear Window. Oh, no kidding. So with that's, that long, like five hundred super long lens he had on it. Yeah. 20, uh, so if you, if you freeze frame it, that's what uh, Jimmy Stewart's using. Okay. It was and, an Exacto Varex two A. Okay, Google. What year rear window? Vented. Window was released in the United States on August first, nineteen fifty four. Fifty four. Told you, baby. Wow, I didn't realize that they had made the two A that long. It was the fifties. Thank baby. you, robot. I don't know anything. <laughs> You're welcome, Michael. I've taken care of your poo poo undies. <laughs> <laughs> No one will ever know. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Sure. That doesn't have the fi- oh, that does have the fizzies. While you were talking, Mark, Leslie, uh, 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 very stealth, stealthily, slipped in, slipped in, and hey. um, we're gonna take a break and come back and talk to Leslie. Okay. Hey, everybody. You know, back in 2010, yes, way back in 2010, I started chatting about like, hey, why doesn't FPP, why don't we make our own 620 spools? Because at the time, back in 2010, it was so difficult to find a 620 spool. And of course, 620 film is nothing more than 120 film. It's the same film. The only difference is the 120 spool and the 620 spool are different. 620 spools are much thinner and they fit into the old Kodak brownies, some of the Ansco cameras, and just some of the 1950s 
1950s, 1960s cameras that quote-unquote took 620 film. There's no reason not to shoot with these cameras. You can get authentic, newly produced, mold-injected 620 spools right in the FPP store, filmphotographystore.com. So you can now roll any of your favorite 120 films right onto a 620 spool. Or if you don't want to roll, you could just buy 620 film right in our store. World's largest selection of 620 films, and it's growing every day. Get out those Kodak brownies. You will be amazed at the amazing images that can be made on those old Kodak brownies. Get out your 620 film, 2014, 2015, and beyond. 620 film. Thank you much. Hey, we're back. It's Leslie. Hey, everybody. The ideal rangefinder is not necessarily a camera. No, because the ideal rangefinder sounds like it's a camera, right? The name. I shoot with all kinds of cameras, obviously. Folders, old folders. Mm -hmm. And it's always guesstimate type focus. Uh, you know, I'm a girl. I can't guess, I can't guess distance. <laughs> uh, there's that old joke in there, right? Um, I don't know that one. You, oh. oh, yeah, I can tell you later, but... Mm. Doesn't sound like one for the kids. Does <laughs> 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 not. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I've looked at uh, electronic range finders. Okay. It's electric. Boogie, boogie. Digital. Digital. Readouts. Expensive. And I want them to read and feed maybe inches. But I don't understand because the, what you're holding in your hand is a rangefinder, but it's not connected to a camera. So how? No, and see, most of these were connected to cameras. You'll find the KLART versions a lot of times on these um, uh, speed graphics, that type of thing. This little thing's cool. It has a, just a little eyesight. You could that. Uh-huh. And the typical rangefinder. One frame goes over the top yes. of the other mm-hmm. as you spin it. Then it tells you what your distance is. Right there. And um, Mike's ear is four feet away. Whoa. All right, get out the tape measure. Now, the the thing is, you know, on those rangefinder cameras, I always, I didn't want to shoot anything close because you have to be accurate when it's close. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm cranking it up to F-16 and hoping for the best and shooting everything in infinity. This little guy came along, and I just noticed this is the ideal rangefinder. You will find these almost always still in the original box. Wow. Because they don't use them. (laughs) <laughs> no, they used them, but they don't have shoes on them to put on the camera, so they didn't stay with the camera. Mm, so they just tuck them back, back in the box. In the box. And I use this for everything. This is so cool. Now, what's the closest you can focus with this that? This is two and a half feet. Oh, well, that's not bad. Not bad. Yeah. And then, I mean, it really gets it down 15, 20, 30, really divides it down out to 100 feet. Wow. I, yeah, I'd never noticed it before, but this has $2.95 written on the side of it. And this was specifically designed as a photography tool? It wasn't like the golf no. range finders? No, this okay. is strictly a photography tool. Well, no, because some folks for the range finders will actually use like the golfing ones, which those are hyper accurate. They have like lasers and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, wow. And some of those uh, that are used in construction. Mm-hmm. Are more interior. They they have trouble in daylight, and this is so incredibly can I, can simple. You can, and it's you feel backwards, but you'll look through here, mm-hmm. spin the dial, mm-hmm. and there you go. Oh, look at that! Yeah, there it is. So once you set it, you read it. Four and a half. Wait, I mean, my glasses, my glasses, my glasses. And this was uh, made in the USA from the Federal Instrument Company in Long Island City. New York. Long Island City. Oh, my God. I know. Four feet. So, feet. So now, basically, once I do that, I could now set my camera. Just to four, four, feet, four feet, and you've got it. 
Do you have, how many extras of this do you have? I don't. This oh. came in, a, a, a <laughs> Polaroid 600 came in and was given to me in a box, and that was in it, which Ooh. was odd because it's a different generation all it the way nice. around. It's a nice rangefinder. It is. It's, it's decently bright. It's easy. But may I ask a question? You yes. have to put this rangefinder on the focal plane of where your film is on your camera. Correct. Like you, you can't just, like, your camera's down on a tripod, stand up, and... No, you need to, to be close to your camera so that your distance is correct. And the camera obviously. has like a little circle with a line through it, and correct. that is exactly is that, where the film is sitting. Yep. Exactly. So that's where it needs to be. Or in, in the case of this camera, they always say line it up with the serial number. That's oh, your phone. Really? Now, where film, would you so. put this? Just lay it on top? There's no, you put some Velcro? Well, ah. No, I, I, I don't. <laughs> I just, just hold it. I just, you know, I'm going to stand here and do this, and then my camera's going to come right. up. So yeah. uh, I have used this for so many of my folders. It looks like a 1960s spy camera. I think it's a little older than that. Uh, how, long have the, how long has it been since they called it Long Island City? Oh, I think, I think they may still call yeah, it that. Yeah, there's part of Long Island called um, Long Island it, it's, City. And it's Long aged City. so much better even like the, the Voigtlanders, which cost a lot more. The Codex, it, that vertical one that had the little mirror that's clouded up. It's just called an ideal... Ideal rangefinder. Range that's crazy. They bring... Now, I, I, like I said, I just noticed the price of two ninety-five on here, two dollars ninety-five cents on the bay. They run between ten dollars and thirty dollars. Mm. One in the box, twenty-nine yes. ninety-nine. Uh, shop around a little bit, but they, go, but they go ten to thirty dollars. Uh, okay. And um, oh, here we go, nine ninety-nine original there. box. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe but it's see? just the box. You've Got to be careful. Oh. Um, I think because it didn't have a shoe in it. Shoe? What shoe? <laughs> They were always put back in the box. So a lot of them are in the box. And it has been such a handy little item. It's incredible. Maybe just the box. Um, That might just be the box. No, some people just sell a box. Uh Crazy. Sheesh. Original box. It says 1950. Doesn't say this. Does not say. Even the description doesn't say that the actual rangefinder. They would show it, I think. Yeah. So. You'll have to do the back button, but uh, <clears throat> so that is one I think very valuable little accessory that I have. Uh, I've used it actually with my Hasselblad 500C mm-hmm. because inside I can't see to focus it; it's too mm-hmm, dark. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. real, you know. If it, I'm not have auxiliary light it is or something, handy dandy. it really is, and it's been. Even though it is adjustable, if the focus is off, I have to. Uh, it's been it just, it's nailed it. I'm on eBay.com as we speak, and uh-huh. it, it's a little pricey. It's not. There's nothing here for ten dollars. Uh, first time I looked, they were coming in at nine ninety nine. But no. you know what? I think even now, if I broke this, I would I would pay twenty bucks or thirty bucks. Oh, you would. This has really performed so well for me, mm-hmm. and it's small. Fits in the camera bag. Doesn't take up much space. And um, my mom would say, "That's neat." It is. It's neato. It is neat. Uh-huh. Mint box rangefinder, good condition. Mm-hmm. I want mint rangefinder. Who cares about the box? Uh, vintage Federal Instruments. That's it. Corp. Ideal rangefinder. Original box. Instructions. Do you have the instructions? I do. Just the instructions. It had a three-year warranty. It did. It did. It lasted a long time. Yeah. Very old and very good shape. Original box and instructions. It's easy to Watch. use. How much? Sixteen fifty plus six dollars shipping. Oh, ow! Ooch me! Ooh, yuga! <laughs> there are probably others of these. Um, this is just the one that kind of fell in my lap, and it's it what just, you like it, it, because it works so well. So simple, you know. What, what can you say? That's what you're looking for. Quick, stick your eye in the hole, turn the dial, overlap the images, read the distance. 
your and home. Set your camera. Set your camera. Shoot your well, that's yeah, that's probably. <laughs> well, no. Sometimes I just get it out and read the distance of things. I don't even have a camera around because it's fun. Anyway, that's that's my spiel wow. for the ideal rangefinder. You have an interesting item. I've never seen it before. It's a lens. It's an system. All-purpose lens system. So if you have a if you have a Minolta, yes. If you have, we're talking about the before the autofocus. Yes. If you have Canon FD, you got it. How about Pentax? Which one? The ESK Super A. K one thousand. All three. <gasps> ESK Super A. Nikon, you betcha. Now, how does that work? How can that lens fit on all? This was the uh, the 70s, the 80s, and 90s, and, and there are three of these. So just before everybody races out and buys these, Tamron. But but actually, the, what started this whole thing was we Whoa. got a I got a call from the FPP's personal bodyguard, Carlos Zamora, <laughs> and he right. he asked me my opinion on <clears throat> I need a wide angle and I need a short telephoto. What do you recommend for my Olympus, and what do you recommend for my Canon? Mm. Uh huh. <laughs> well, you know what? One lens does it all. That's awesome. Which is which is fantastic. But this is this is the era of the manual focus. So the Tamron lens will fit the Canon FD, the FT, odd things Ooh. like Fujica, Fujica, Fujica AX bayonet, Konica, Leica R4s, uh, Mamiya ZEs, Minolta MDs and SRs, Olympus OMs, Practicas. Practica. Uh huh. That, the um, Hawaiian camera? Uh, the <laughs> <laughs> Voigtlanders. Of course, they have a universal 42 thread, and they also had a C-mount is a, for CCTV. Is 42 a screw-in mount? Yes. M42 M42. M42, as well as the Super A, the K, and the ES for Pentax. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they had them all. So they started off with their Adaptomatic line, then Adaptall, oh. but I'm going to talk about Adaptall 2s. Okay. They're the newest, most engineering, but they're the one that started, and a lot of you are familiar with T-mounts. Yes. They're well, the company the that started the T-mount, which was, this was actually threaded, and then you would put a T-mount on the back to fit your equipment. Mm, yeah. But there was no, there was no interaction between uh, the meter and your camera or anything else. Basically just a lens stop-down metering. That type of thing. So if you're going to go out and hunt these out, you're going to look for an Adaptall 2. And it's nice because they make a 17 millimeter. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, a lot of the listeners here have oh. more than one camera system. Yeah, so you, you want a 17, yeah. You got a 17, yeah. and you can put it on your Minolta. You can put it on your Canon. You can put it on your Nikon. Jeez. One lens. The mounts run $10 maybe. Nothing. And this yeah. was fantastic for dealers because I could put one seventeen on the shelf, and but I could handle maybe eighteen people that came in different cameras because mm-hmm. I just carry all the mounts. When you worked retail, you sold these. Oh, we did, and and you would like you were confident about, it, so you were happy about selling extremely. it. Extremely, and not only was I confident about them, they were about themselves. They did a six year warranty, but Tamron was so well respected for their optics and their construction that they made lenses for other people, such as Sony. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're going to say, as such as Frank Sinatra. And Frank, <laughs> personally, called in, put an order in. Uh, Canon yes. made some of their exotic lenses, their fast lenses. They did uh, some of these neat primes. And well, I'm I sorry, when you say they made lenses for Canon, yes. did they make lenses and they got branded Canon? Yes, they did. Canon, oh, yeah. Canon turned their specs in, so it oh. was you know spec properly, and they went through because it's difficult on these big, expensive lenses to gear up your manufacturing for them. Mm-hmm. Why not just go to a lens manufacturer that 
you know, is already doing this, and here's mm. your specs. Smart, Joey. It's very smart. <laughs> the trickiest part, they always used to make me do this because it seemed like I, I was the only one that could do this, but was changing the mount. There's a there's a couple little silver pins on here. It's kind of like all in the, yeah, all in the wrist the thing. Goods. Let's see. It pops off. Oh, changing the and mount. And there it is. There's the, the lens without, oh. and there's the mount. The trickiest part is there's green dots, green dots, line them up. You don't have to take anything else apart, do you? To that's put it. Another... No, this is it. This is how the mount comes. This is how the lens comes. It would come with the back cap. Oh. And that's it. How much are the, you said the mounts themselves? The mounts, the... sometimes they can't give them away. People, uh-huh. I, so it's neat. I keep a little assortment in the right. shop and I, you know, test anything what, out. What, what is that? What mount is that? This happens to be the, uh, probably the Nikon. Okay. Nikon, yeah. Couple Olympuses around, definitely mm-hmm, the Canons mm-hmm. and a few. But there, it's it's like um, mounting this onto a camera. You have to line it up in the right place and turn yes. it. Yes. Mm. And their thing is too is the lens needs to be wide open. In this case, it's a two point five. Okay. Once you line them up, you mm. turn it. There's usually there's some um, keys with slots. If you don't get them in, you just slide them into where they belong. That's it. You're set. You put it on. It's done. So a lot of people would put this mount on because back in the day you had one camera system typically you stuck with, and you'd, mm-hmm. you'd never even know that this came off. If you had one camera system and you really just wanted it for, let's say, your Canon FD, sure. was the actual lens and mount cheaper than buying a Canon 17 millimeter? Not necessarily because Ooh. these were such high-end Okay. Lenses. It, it was not always like that. So the seventeen millimeter prime lens is is sort of a specialty lens. Yes, it is. They're not cheap. No. No. It's a In nice fact, lens if you look at one today, they're they run between three and a half and four hundred wow. for a Tamron seventeen. Oh. Isn't that wild? This is this is a great way for me to have a twenty-four I was millimeter. Say, one of my personal favorites is a twenty-four millimeter. And there yeah. it is. Yeah. Twenty-four. You ever a twenty-four? No. Nice. Yeah, I, I never. I don't yeah. shoot with a lot of I like, wide I like angles. 24. Yeah. I love. I love wides. Uh huh. Is, so, oh, is that one right there on? That is, this is that's a twenty-four. An it's a Nikon. And that's the Tamron. This and is the Tamron. The ta- this is a fifty. You're gonna put the ca- the Tamron on the Nikon. I am. Yes. Nice. Just for John to look at. Uh, Just for sheesh and giggles. You yeah. got it. You got it. If I can find the proper. Ooh, look at that. Oh, my little tag fell off, but now you got 24 That's view. Awesome. So there can, you go. Is that a can I, Nikon? Ooh. F. That's an F2 for Tomic. F2. Mm-hmm. There you go. But it's uh, people are, I think, a little nice. afraid of it because sometimes they're sold with the mount that comes on it. You think. I don't need a practica amount, oh, but I want but, that lens. So the, you just buy the mount you want. Doesn't Nikon need that little see that little tab that pushes the? No, that's cool. That's that you got it. That's great. That's on there. It's it it does everything it needs to do. But what about the older Nikon that need that? See that tip? Actually, I think you can buy the mounts with them. Okay. Yes. It's lovely. Any is flim, it lovely? Is there any flim in that? There's not flim in there. No, we'll pass but, it around. Right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I, I sold them. I sold them with confidence because they were excellent lenses. Whoa. And I, I, I hate to tell you how many years I worked retail. I Whoa. never sent one in for repair. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, then, of course, autofocus a... came in, and they're uh, very smart and very so respectable. It's to look through that viewfinder. Isn't it oh, a wonderful viewfinder? That's 100% view. That's a Nikon F2. Two, yes. That's a 24-millimeter lens? Yes. Mm-hmm. Sweet. It is sweet. And uh, they're, like I say, people are a little, they'll say, ooh, but that 24 on the bay is coming with a practica mount, and I need a Nikon mount. You buy it, because nobody else wants the practica mount. You get mm-hmm. it for nothing. Mm-hmm. And then you simply buy the Adapt All 2 mount for what you mm-hmm. need. And most of them are still in the box. There's a little paper in there on how to change them. But once you get it, it's perfect. If it's a problem, you just go online. 
Google it, learn how to change it. The Google. Just a very smart lens system and respectable, excellent optics. Can't say enough. They're they're really very good. Yeah. And they still make system. optics. They still make they still make great, them. Uh, they still make great lenses for your autofocus film and digital cameras. Yes. That still at a fantastic price too. I uh, I personally shoot with their uh, their seventy to two hundred. Do you? F two eight because. Uh, Eleven to fifteen hundred dollars cheaper than the Canon and Nikon version. Oh, that's substantial. That's a whole other plan. That's and then you know you'll see these little words on the side says BBAR, which is broadband anti-reflection coating. So if I want one, if I wanted to look at Tamron, yep, Tamron twenty-four mm. No, a Tamron. If I want to look up the one that has the the you know that one. Yes. Tamron, I got it in Show me this lens, Michael 24 Rossi. 24mm. 24mm. <laughs> and then I would put the word Adaptol. Yeah, because otherwise you're going to get all their new glass. Exactly. Oh, look at that. A-D-A-P-T-A-L-L. And Tamron still has one of the better warranties. Yes, they do. They're lens. 10 now, aren't they? Uh, five. Ooh. Oh, are they? I think they're 5. Tamron 24mm f2.5. Yep. Adaptol 2 for Nikon AIS. How much? Nice. Eighty dollars. Not bad. Sixteen dollars ninety cents shipping. Ooh. Oh, that's Ugh. rude. <laughs> Where's it coming from? It's freaking rude. Tamron twenty-four twenty-four millimeter two point five Nikon AIS mount digital and film mm-hmm. adapt all to one hundred and nine dollar. See, you can do better. But well, it's a twenty-four. It's a little, just a little oh, bit. Yes. Oh, straight. It's a case. They did straight twenty-eights. Um, yeah. They did a lot of prime lenses when. People didn't. Everything had to be zoomed. It's funny because now they don't make so many primes. They're about no, exactly. the zooms now. They're about the zooms. Zooms, you know, used to be like this. They come in. Oh, and the sh- first time they came in with their new 7210 zoom, and the lens was this long. Mm-hmm. It's just like, like, what? I, you know, I didn't like my boss, but I still ran in. Look at this. <laughs> Look at the size Look of it. At Look at the size that. of it. Uh, that is the, the $80 is the uh, least expensive. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, All the other ones are 139 so they're pretty sought Well, they they do hold their value. They they make a fantastic 500 millimeter cat lens. Meow. And it's there again. It's this big. Was it a mirror lens? It's a mirror That's lens. Why. Yeah. Yes, and they do the 2x, the matching 2x's, which. Um, Whenever you see a, a long Ooh. telephoto lens that's like not not long itself, you're like, Ooh. oh yeah, it's a mirror. Here we go. You yes, know it's a mirror got a little. Tamron 17 millimeter f3.5 adapt all two covers full frame 200 buck no. 350 yeah Ooh, yeah Ooh. they're all 350 oh yeah they are so oh, i'm sorry this one's 349 oh, oh there well, you go there's a deal there. are people using these for digital cameras yes yes especially the nikon because nikon's mount has never changed oh. exactly you can always mount now not all the cameras if they're if they're autofocus will be able to autofocus it but right. for video they don't care about that they want yeah. a nice smooth ring to do pull focus pull on mm-hmm. and typically every adapt all two was um at least a 22 f22 oh great they tried to do them in 32s if they could. Mm-hmm. So you shut off a, a few of the lenses, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, look, easy, you, easy way to handle that. You, you got a couple, and oh, one sh- lens does it all. You put the sound on mute. I did. I was like, shut up. Because <laughs> oh, like, <laughs> so there you go, Carlos. That's my answer. You want a You're wide so angle, get a 28. Want a tele, you can get a straight 135 oh, portrait. Oh, Carlos was asking. Oh, and they make an incredible 90 millimeter. That's expensive. Oh, Because I do believe lens. their 90 millimeter was flat field, flat focus. Mm-hmm. 
uh, no curvature, very flat. Mm -hmm. And that's another one that brings big bucks today. So okay. lovely lineup from Tamron Lenses. Thank you very much, Leslie. Certainly. What is that? Going to hit the I'm rickety sorry. road. Gonna, yeah, no, well, well, oh, but, you're going to hit the rickety road. Yeah, I am. Yeah, just stop okay. by to talk to Tamron. I appreciate it. And I know our listeners do, too. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to see you soon. Hey, we'll be right back. Hey, FPP listeners. Some really, really great news. The FPP online store, filmphotographystore.com. We now stock darkroom supplies. So if you're already in the darkroom or if you've been thinking about it, now's the time to go to the FPP site. We are now stocking tanks and reels, Kodak D76 black and white developer, Kodak fixer, and the home C41 unicolor kit. That's right. You can do your very own color negative development right in your home. It's so easy. Folks that have been listening and kind of following along as all of us here at the FPP have started doing our own color. Everyone has been so pleasantly surprised of how easy it really is. So jump on over to the filmphotographyproject.com, click the store tab, and check out our darkroom supplies, as well as all of our hand-rolled 35mm film, Kodak Laris film, Fuji film, 110 film, and of course our huge selection of 620 film. Awesome. Thanks very much. Let's get back to some show. Hey, I want to thank Leslie for stopping by yeah. and uh, delivering the info on those uh, two awesome, not quite cameras, mm -hmm. you know, uh, accessories. Accessories, yes. Here is uh, a letter. I love rangefinders. I think they're really neat. I have a bunch of them. You collect them, do you? The little like accessory rangefinders, not rangefinder cameras, but yeah, I have a, I have like. Five so or six if of you them. don't have a rangefinder, let's let's say like, um, like an Olympus trip, you just set the uh, focus. Yes. Uh, anything you set the focus, but you can't look through the lens and set that set it. A rangefinder is very well, helpful. Imagine any large format camera. I mean, that doesn't have a rangefinder on it, but yes. you know, like your Vista. Yes. That's what you would use. You know, that's a perfect example. Yes. Um, or if there are a lot of old 35-millimeter cameras like the, the Univex Mercury 2 that has a, an accessory shoe on it. Like if you have anything that has an accessory cold shoe that's not a rangefinder camera, that's what they were thinking you'd stick on there. Mm -hmm. yeah. As I'm talking, the Pop Rocks are popping. Uh, yeah, I told you. I don't know if you can hear it in the microphone. It's kind of freaking me out. This is Dairy Milk Marvelous Creations. From down under. Cola popping candy fizzy crunch. Crikey. It you bet your shrimp on the babby. Here's a letter, John. Uh, this is from um, Alejandro. Okay. Where's Alejandro from? It doesn't say. Hmm. It says, uh, I want to thank you for rekindling my love of film photography through your podcast. I started shooting over 31 years ago and in the past 10 years moved to digital. But I've now ditched, sold, or given away all my digital equipment. Yeah! <laughs> except for one Sony Next, which I use mostly to make short video clips. I actually started a Facebook group here in Costa Rica. Mm, dedicated to film photography. We started, only, we started out only about two months ago, and the group already has 116 members. Whoa, that's pretty good, two months. That's more viewers than we have in total, right? <laughs> viewers. All passionate about film photography. And I regularly send them to your site so they can buy film from you and support the FPP. Thank you, Alejandro. Excellent. Once again, thank you very much. And about the lost frames, well, it goes with the unpredictability of shooting film. 
Lost Frames. He What's bought some about? FPP hand rolled. Yeah. Because it's hand rolled, yes. the film is taped see? to the end. Yeah. So if, if you know, when you shoot yeah, see. and you, see. if you manually, you know, cock your shutter, see? you see? could give that thumb a, a pretty hefty ah. cock. See, si, see. Si. So Mucho you could cock. cock, you could cock the film right off the spindle. So if, if it's a 24 exposure roll, see, at 24, 25, you should rewind your film. Yeah. Don't try and squeeze one Don't more cock knock. The thing is, I mean, I shoot the FPP hand-rolled film all see. the time in my EOS that has an auto see. rewind, and it works. I've never had a problem. Ah. I also used to get a lot of joy out of using the thinnest, most, most smallest piece of tape. Why? I don't know. Just... A badge to, of honor. Yeah, you should be like, whoa, look at that. It was Just like a, glue the two edges of the film. <laughs> Nobody's ever going to see it. So these days, in 2015, in 2014 and 2015, the tape, it's a hefty piece of tape. I don't think it's going to be that much of a problem. You, you're there are different, different uh, strengths of camera, too. I noticed that, uh, one time I was shooting with a Zenit that has like cast iron gears in it. Oh, and I got to the end of the roll. I literally, I didn't even feel it pull. It just, yeah. And I oh. shot four or five more, and I thought... Wait a minute. i got to be at the end, and I tried to rewind it, and there was nothing to rewind, and right. that's how I knew. So, yeah, some cameras are just tougher than others. Now, this gentleman was uh, very, very kind in his email. I've gotten a few emails. People are get annoyed. Oh, yeah. But it's like... They're like, listen, Rasso. Exactly. You have to understand, you know, this is not a factory-produced product. This is a lovingly rolled, hand-rolled. But poorly taped. No, now it's very well taped. Mike gently kisses each canister before it goes into the... It does. It's like a baby. I love you. Bye. Exactly. So you have to be sort of gentle with these things. Go make good pitches in the world over there. Last year, uh, almost exactly 12 months to the day, uh, I was in Florida, and I went down there to shoot some infrared film. The track man invited me into the Community Access Studio. Oh, that's nice. It's a brand new podcast room. Oh. And we recorded a segment with uh, himself and... Um, Station uh, manager. Yes. We recorded a segment. Yeah. And let's, uh, let's roll that in. Oh, let's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it on? <laughs> it's on. <laughs> hey, we're back. Hey, as promised, a very special segment from the Tampa Bay Community Network. How awesome to be here in Tampa with none other than John the Trackman. Hey! And super special guest. I just met her five minutes ago. <laughs> Antonia McCutcheon. She is the master controller. That's right. That's of, me. Of Tampa Bay Community Network. That's right. And I was hoping we were going to have an opening with some music. Hey, we're back. Hey, as promised, a very special segment from the Tampa Bay Community Network. How awesome to be here in Tampa with none other than... John the track man. Hey! And super special guest. I just met her five minutes ago. <laughs> Antonia McCutcheon. She is the master controller. That's right, that's of, me. Of Tampa Bay Community Network. That's right. But uh, it's really, really nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. And thank you so much, uh, both Tracky and Antonia, for having me in your studio to allow me to it's, record this segment. It's quite an honor to have you here in our studio. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, very nice thank you. you. We want to thank you for oh, being here, for coming all the way from, where do you come from? New Jersey. New Jersey. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> now, normally I would, ha- I would have nothing to talk about because John the Trackman, but by the way, for people who are listening, diehard listeners will know John, who John the Trackman is. But for those of you who don't know, Antonio, you may not know, I know John the Trackman since I'm seven years old. Oh my God! I told you the story the other day. 
Yeah, you did tell me. Yeah. Because he was the cool kid on the block and you wanted to hang out with the cool kid because you were kind of a loser. <laughs> and so. <laughs> I don't know if I said that. Actually, I don't think I was cool. I think I had a garage. The garage was open. Yeah. And we had all the games. You had all the cool stuff. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. You had all the Every cool stuff. Every kid in the neighborhood, once these new people moved in. Because you had the newest house on the block. Everybody else had old houses, and you had, like, the nice new house with the two-car garage. And yeah. all that stuff. It's yeah. kind of funny cool if you're stuff. a little kid. Yeah. In the neighborhood's kind of a, you know, post-World War II neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden, they build a new house. Yeah. And there's a garage open, and it's filled with, you know, toys. Yeah. Well, yeah. it was an empty lot, and all of a sudden, this house landed. So it was like, True. you know. Big deal. Everyone was in my garage yeah. playing with toys. Cool. Yeah. But yeah. Most of them scattered. But John Trackman, uh, early on, I was outside and I was on my bike uh, and I was wearing a. Your Red Ross bicycle. Yeah. And we recently went to Gettysburg and I had a, 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 a hat on, like a, war, a Civil War hat. And it fell off my head and John picked it up and he handed it to me and I said, thank you. Aw, that's a nice John. And he, he happened Aww. to live around the but He's a nice guy like that. He is. So John was kind <laughs> enough to say, hey, you know, we could record a podcast. And I, I really had nothing to talk about. I said, John, well, it's great, but, I, you know, I need something to talk about. And then he, I'm staying at, at John's at my trip here in Tampa. For folks, folks listening, I'm down here in Tampa, Florida, because I came down to shoot color infrared film and black and white infrared film because New Jersey is so cold now that I really... For infrared film, you really need, like, shrubs, greens. That's why I'm always is asking it, for greens. Is it uh, warm enough here for you? Yes. It's probably, like, 80-something degrees. Yeah, it's out, ridiculously it? warm. Yeah. So it's perfect to do my tests on the FPP color infrared, which I'll talk about later in the show. What show? And John presented me with, you know, he, he handed me this. And, and the Tony said the same exact thing. She's like, John came in with it. He's like, put it down, you know, and... Antonia said, oh, the toolbox. Yeah. I said the exact same thing. I'm like, yeah. So. It's a big red craftsman toolbox. It's a big red toolbox. So when Tracky handed it to me, I was just like, okay, what do you want me to do with that? So. Why do you want me to look at your tools? Yeah. But he got some <laughs> new hammers. <laughs> he wants you to handle his tools. <laughs> <laughs> so I opened it up. I was like, oh, oh, check that out. It is, um, to describe it, we have some pictures online in our show notes. Uh, you open up the toolbox, classic top layer with like a little tray, and in the tray are a bunch of accessories. Look impressive, worth almost nothing. I'll briefly talk about these in a few minutes. Underneath are two, two 35mm SLR cameras and uh, a series of different lenses. And this is clearly owned by someone very similar to Track Daddy. Yeah, probably. Trackman's father. Like, yeah. This is classic. Very organized. Very yeah, classic. Uh, 1950s, early 1960s. Uh, you know, man mm -hmm. who probably like was a World War II vet who made his own little kit and he actually carved out the foam. Yes, he so, did. So that the cameras will fit perfectly. I mean, this is a very organ organized kit, uh, and there are two 35 millimeter SLR cameras in there. Uh, the first of which is a Mamiya Secor. 500 DTL. Now, what's awesome, oh, Antonia, wow. is that <laughs> listeners, a lot of them are going to be like, oh, like, no, exactly what, what I'm it is. About. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, and I'm like totally clueless. That's I'm like, no, I don't know what you're totally, saying. I'm totally clueless. Everyone's <laughs> totally clueless. I'm totally clueless. Um, now, I was familiar with these a little bit. We had talked about these a little bit in the past. The other camera is a uh, Honeywell Pentax Spotmatic. 
35 millimeter Spotmatic. Ooh. Yes. This is a very <laughs> popular <laughs> camera still for collectors. Uh, and I looked it up, and our own website came up. Apparently, our good friend Michael Sherman, a.k.a. Shaq Mahdi on Flickr, already did a blog on this very camera. Ah, see that? Wow. Yeah. Now, now, sadly, this package looks like it's been sitting in an old man's garage for a long, know, long time. time. Yeah. yeah. 10, 15, 20 I, years. I would guess that the last time this was handled was probably in the 1980s, in my opinion. Yeah, maybe upon, 90s. Based upon some of the accessories that are sitting on top, like the Flash. That's like early 1980s. So oh, oh, I cleaned it off a little bit. Most of the stuff kind of has like a kind of, not dirty, but... Kind of like a gr- filmy, grimy, grimy, moldy Florida, yucky, yeah. Yeah. yeah, corroded. It's not as bad as it could be, right? But from a, a, a pawn shop perspective, it by the way it was stored, there's really not too much value here because that's a question everyone seems to ask. Oh, what is that worth? What is that worth? What is that worth? What is that worth? And it's worth whatever someone would pay for it. In the case of this kind of stuff, there's like zero demand for this kind of stuff unless you were just a film photographer. And even if you were a film photographer, this would just be like a cool camera you want to pick up to shoot with, but probably not like your go-to. Oh, Just something to have in your collection just because. Yeah. Now, a few folks I know have the Spotmatic. They really enjoy that camera. The Mamiya Secor 500 DTL um, is, in my opinion, probably not as popular. There are also a variety of different lenses in here. Uh, we're going to start really quick with the Mamiya 500 DTL Mamiya. camera. Which one is the one that Ringo used? That's the Spotmatic. Okay. Uh, this camera was introduced in July 1968. Hold it up so you folks can see it. Oh, wow. It uh, has a... It's older than you. It, it is older than me. <laughs> Holy cow. It has a built-in light meter. Uh, the battery is on the bottom. I took it apart. The battery's in there, but we assume it's dead because the light meter's not working. So we didn't have a chance to stop at the um, battery mart. I'm assuming that there's a good chance the light meter will work. On top is your classic dial to dial in the speed of your the ASA or ISO as it's called. And you can go from anywhere from 25 to 3200 ASA. The unique thing about this camera, it has a, a two-zone uh, metering system, which is very kind of unique, I guess, at the time. And if you're A and S, there's a little button on the side. So if it's an A, that's average. So when you're looking through the camera, there's a little needle. And years ago, before cameras were automatic, you would turn the aperture on your camera until the needle would move into the zero zone. That would tell oh, you. Oh, would that tell you it's in focus? That would tell you it's proper uh, exposure. Oh. Yeah. So on this particular camera, you have A for average, which averages out the whole scene, or S, which is spot. So if you wanted to spot in on something to get the exposure, you would put it on S. Takes a simple EPX 76 battery, which is 1.5 volt, known as sort of like a uh, watch battery. Mm. Most people would think, yeah, oh. those little round things. Exactly. The meter is activated by a spring in the rewind lever, which I never knew. Is there? We have film in this. Me too. You did put film in it. This one has. We've been shooting with this. Yeah. Uh, me and Trackman have been on our expedition shooting around Tampa the last few days. And just for S's and giggles. <laughs> so the light meter is, it resp- you can turn on the light meter to n- learn your exposure by, I think, clicking this here. Okay. Turns it on. So if you go and take your shot, there's a little needle in there. You zero it out, and then you that's your exposure. You take your shot. This camera has, a, has a, what's known as a threaded mount. The lens just, look at that. Look at that. The lens just wow. screws right, right off. Right out. It's also known as the old Pentax mount, screw mount. 
Same as the Practica camera. This is a, a camera called a Practica and early Pentax cameras. The lens on here uh, is a 50 millimeter 2.0 lens uh, in decent shape. Value of this camera, you know, drum roll, probably 10 bucks. That's it? That's it? <laughs> yeah. God, that's sad. Now you may say, oh, how do you know? How do you know? Because that's I, what he would pay for. What do you know about film photography, Mike Rasso? Uh, I don't know. I, I check eBay completed auctions. Mm. Uh, oh, okay, okay. I was just talking track. A lot of people go to eBay when they try to find a value, and they oh, look true. and they see a hundred bucks, but they're failing to realize that just because a lot of people put up auctions for a camera like this for hundred bucks, you have to check the completed auctions yeah. to see what actually sold. What actually sold? No one's yeah. actually paying a hundred bucks for no it. No one's paying a hundred bucks. Yeah. yeah. And then that's when like, dun, like the truth. The truth. No one wants truth. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! <laughs> no, Everyone not when it comes to money. Everybody wants to think <laughs> this stuff is worth a lot. Yeah, of because money. it probably has sentimental value to whoever had it. This camera is worth as much as, I always say, is worth as someone... As much as someone will pay for it. It's as simple as that. And if this was in mint condition, like it has some... I'm kind of hoarding it. I'm sorry. It's in decent no. condition. I'm kind of... It's not... No. Like, look, there's a ding in the top. Ding. Yeah. yeah. See how grimy it is? See yeah. how the chrome yeah. is all kind of... like... Ew, yeah. It's not bad, some, though. I mean, if you go to... something... You go to a, we've been to yeah. the pawn shop, and we saw what's in the pawn shops. This is much better than what, we, what we've seen. It look dry bugs. It's really heavy. Yeah. It is, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a lead weight. Yeah, Jeez. it really is. You can kill someone. It's a weapon. Yeah, yeah you could. You can knock someone over the head with it. Yeah. <laughs> Probably something you keep like next to your bedside. Yeah. yeah. If someone breaks in your house, you just, just throw, throw it. Just throw it. Yeah. That, there, that. Now that, it has some worth. That's right. Now it has some worth. Or maybe a boat anchor. Yeah. If this was in mint condition, I am positive we can get a little more money for yeah. it. This is very grimy. And yeah. not only is it grimy, I'd open it, but there's film in it. But who is going to have a camera that old in mint condition? Yeah, you'd be you'd have to be really, really. Someone bought it and then stuck it somewhere in a closet and never used it. Yes. Yeah. You but know. By the way, this is an engraving. Someone engraved in the back, very much like your dad would do. Oh, really? This at some point, this was owned by someone named Holt. Holt. Yes. Yeah. That's, that was their last oh, is that name, right? I believe. Yeah. Oh, how about that? Yeah. Well, look so at that. this was the Holt family camera. The best thing for a camera like this, from a pawn shop or from someone's basement or someone, someone passes away, is really to get it in the hands of someone that will actually use it. True, true. Otherwise, what's the point? Student. Yeah. yeah. Perfect student camera. Mm. Well, I think uh, maybe I'm going to use it now that you've refurbed it. Absolutely. See, the great thing about this camera, even though we're not sure if the light meter works, the light meter tells you how to you know, set your um, shutter speed yeah. and your f-stop. Did you take any classes, Antonio? I did, actually, a long, long time ago. I took four classes in photography, so I kind of know what you're talking about but I forgot it all but now you're kind of drawing your memory yeah it's like that now, was before yeah, the and like I remember shutter speed and all of that and it yeah and that was before the digital age yeah that yeah. was mm. it was this was like in the late 90s you're not as old as me and Mike no 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 <laughs> so, so anything about age get cut out <laughs> but yes yeah, so, so I'm drawing your memory with that so the fact that so just because the light meter doesn't work the shutter speeds all work I tested them they seem fairly fairly accurate, and the f-stops work perfectly well. So you can just take this camera out and use it completely manual, and you just need a guide. And I, I, I told Mr. Trackman about Sunny 16. 
Sonny 16. Who's that? Is he in The Godfather? If you know, if you Google Sonny 16, a Wikipedia page will come up. Yeah. It's a, a guide to shoot pictures. Oh, like where to put the... Yes. F, where to right. put the Right, like if it's sunny out, how sunny it is, if you're in the shade or blah, blah. Right, yep. where to put the, yep, the F-stop and the shutter speed and all of that. And the, the rule of thumb is... Uh, the speed of your film. Remember years ago, you go to the supermarket, buy film, let's say like 400 speed, yeah. 200 speed. You take the speed of the film. In this case, we're uh, shooting with 200 speed film. You put your shutter speed closest to the speed of film, to, so 250, the closest. And if it's bright sunlight, 16, f-stop, 16, there, hence sunny 16. And that's, oh. that's the, the starting point. Okay. And there's a little guide. If it's cloudy, you'd open up to 11 or 8. Right. You know, overcast, right. shade. And for outside, that's fine. If you're using inside with a flash, it will be a guide on the back of the flash to tell you what to set your stuff at. Right. So that's full manual mode for anyone out there who doesn't shoot manual. And you know what? It's a lot of fun. Mr. Trackman yeah. <laughs> shot, you know, some images with this going by that Sony 16. Uh, shooting quite confidently. Did you guys develop it yet? No, it's in the camera still. Uh, I'm going to bring it back to Jersey and develop Let's see what happens. Let's see what comes out. Absolutely. Now, moving right along really quickly to the Honeywell Pentax. Now, for me, the word Honeywell, I think thermostats have the word Honeywell. I think of alarms. Yes. Yeah. I believe that Honeywell, probably, someone could write in podcast at filmphotographyproject.com and tell me this history here. Hashtag? I'm assuming, <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming that Honeywell was the United States distributor for the Japanese Pentax in the 60s. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's why they, they stamped Honeywell. Mm -hmm. Because the Japanese versions of this camera, that Ringo... Ringo! Ringo from the Beatles. No. We, we looked this up online. Really? The Beatles had this camera. Help! I need somebody! Help! Not just anybody! That same camera? Yeah, the same yeah. camera in your hand? Yeah. Jesus. We're in the making of a hard, uh, hard day's night. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It said Ashi Pentax, which is the camera from Japan. Now here's a question, Mike. Yes. What do you think Ringo paid for that camera new? Nothing. How much? Okay. Uh -huh. Whoever gave it to Ringo, how much did they pay for it? You know what? That's an excellent question. Yeah. Does anyone out there know what these cameras sold for when they were brand new? Please send us a uh, email. Uh, you put the subject line, uh, answer to Trackman's question about Pentax camera, the Pentax Spotmatic. Uh, this camera came with, it was, it was mounted with 39 to 8 millimeter, uh, 39 to 80 millimeter Sigma XQ lens F3.5, average at best. It's a zoom lens. Mm. Which is kind of rough because the lenses are a little sticky. Sticky. And this has a screw mount. So, so you end up unscrewing it. Yeah, you could. You have to make sure it's mounted well. And if you use this a lot, it would loosen up quite well. Right. So a lot of these cameras, who, who this does not have film in it, that are kind of sticky. Um, by just giving a little exercise, moving it around, uh, yeah, they usually, yeah, they usually, loosen it up. Yeah, the value of this camera, the Spotmatic, drum roll, please. This camera is worth more. It seems to be much more popular, and the value would be twenty-five to forty dollars. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. But, but uh oh, it's not mint condition. The light meter in this particular camera, which is the same style as the previous one we talked about, is corroded shut. 
Oh, well, that stinks. Yeah, we were trying to unscrew that. And yeah, we really tried. It's, you can see it's blue-green, which means it's like corrosion. Uh, this is really jammed shut. You know there's going to be a mess in there. Yeah. So the fact that this is uh, so kind of messed up in that respect, and there's no light meter, that brings us down to a whopping, in my opinion, $10. Oh. Oh, so also, God. it's in the same kind of grimy shape. Oh, uh, the other one. Yeah. Now, what would have been, uh, really quick, I'm going to go over the lenses. What would have been the jewel in the crown would have been is this uh, great 50 millimeter uh, f1.4 lens. What makes a lens very valuable is, you remember the, uh, the f-stops we talked about? The f-stops, yeah. yep. The wider the f-stop goes, uh, that makes it more valuable because... Uh, it lets more light in. Mm -hmm. So the average average uh, f-stop is usually starts at 2. Okay. F2. It's wide open. But this one goes down. I feel like I'm in a spinal tap. This one goes down <laughs> this to, goes to 11. This goes <laughs> to 1.4. That's one f-stop wider, which mm -hmm. means it lets X amount more light in, meaning that if you're in a, a, light, a, a low light situation, it, you know, you'll probably you'll get a better shot. Why yeah. not just make the, the, the range a little bit lower and make that the highest? Almost are. You're supposed to say these go to 1.4. <laughs> okay, try again. <laughs> Wait, what's the what's the highest it goes? The highest? Yeah. F16. F16. And the lowest? On this particular one's 1.4, but the average is F2. Okay, so why don't you just make F2 the highest? Well, this one goes to 1.4. Oh. I thought the answer, right? That's the why answer. do that when it goes to 1.4, yeah. John? <clears throat> yeah. Now that... Track me. That's in. our spinal tap moment. That's what makes this lens valuable. And this lens would have been worth uh -oh. about $100. <gasps> no kidding. No. But. There's I'll a scratch on it. I looked in there. Look in there. It's mold. Mold. Oh, no. Yeah, Florida. Can you get rid of the mold? Not inside the elements. Uh, oh, God. Can't you, like, just, like, soak it in something? I should take that back. If, if you were, let's put it this way. The amount of money you would spend... To have someone take that apart is about the same as it's worth. You just yes. Yeah, it's a wash. So you can see it, right? Do you see? The yeah, wash? big yeah. time. It's quite obvious. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. That's really sad. Wow. So that brings that value once it once again down to just about almost. People down. don't keep your cameras in the garage, yeah, especially if you live in Florida. Jeez. Now the great thing about this, you see, there's no real monetary value in this, but if you shot with this lens, which you can, it, it, it works perfectly it would soften the image. So you'd be shooting through the mold. So if you're shooting uh, a shot, if I'm shooting a shot with Mr. Trackman, and it's well lit, you would appear softer. You know, everyone talks about tack sharp, and oh, I want my image sharp. This would actually give you like a dreamier look Ooh. because you're shooting through the goop. Yeah, so it would look, yeah. It would look cool. Well, you should take a I'm, picture of I'm, Trackman. I'm actually pretty dreamy. Because he's, yeah, he's very dreamy. I'm dreamy. I will. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, we you say that every day here at work. Yeah. Antonia, do you let people photograph you? Yeah, I don't oh, care. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, I, I like to actually, I like to be photographed. I like to be on TV. You like to be you on do. podcast. Yeah, I like to do all those things. Exhibition. ham. I am. Nice. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but awesome. not, in, you know, the other uh, kind of exhibitionist. Just right. The, not in like the, Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, that way. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's like when we're talking about... Uh, we have a film that's called Eastman Kodak Double uh, X Film. We're talking about it. Me and Matt Mirage talking about it. 
And I'm like, well, if you want any information about, you know, Eastman, Kodak, Double X films, go to Google and type in Double X. Oh, no. No, 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 now it's like, oh, yeah, Mike, you do that. Type in Double X. Oh, it comes up. So, now there are a few other things in here. Once again, there was nothing exciting. I mean, cool, yes, exciting, no. There was another, uh, there was another lens in there. There's a few other lenses. This is a Sears. 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 Oh, to go with the toolbox. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Sears 135 millimeter lens. It's a tele known as a telephoto lens. Telephoto. So if you're like shooting your kids, you know. Wait a minute. When did Sears start making lenses or stop making Sears, lenses? Oh, Sears used to make everything. Yeah, you're right, huh? Holy, yeah. did you ever look at the Sears catalog? The Sears catalog, mm -hmm. yeah, you're right. Yeah. It was like 500 pages long. So this would be manufactured in Japan and then brand Sears would put Sears. their name on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I gotcha. Also in the box is a, also not that exciting, uh, this is a Vivitar. Vivitar! Vivitar! Yeah, Vivitar. 35mm lens, uh, which is a little wide, not super wide, and the widest opening is f2.8, so this is average at best. And there's one other lens in here, and this is kind of a specialty lens. This is a 25mm uh, lens, which is even wider. Wow. It's a nice yeah. wide-angle lens, but the widest is f3.5. So the higher the widest aperture is, the, the more average it is. There's nothing mm. special about this lens. You get really special in lenses when it's like f1.4. 1.4, yeah. But then yeah. there's the f1.2. <gasps> Go for thousands. Oh, my God. Yeah, can you believe that? Yeah. I can't. John and I can't. stopped at uh, Value Pawn. You know, pawn shop. Oh, is that the one on Fletcher? Yeah, yeah. In in the nice part of town? Yes, yeah. <laughs> so we went in there Friday night, like 8 o'clock, you know, and I wanted to find some film cameras. And I was amazed how, well, first of all, key items are jewelry, laptops, electronics. There was like one little, minuscule little bin with a few cameras and a few lenses. And I was just in shock of how expensive. There was an average, there was a Canon EOS lens there. 50 millimeter lens, average at best, and they were asking $150. Oh, they're crazy. They start way, way high, and then... It's like porn wars. Yeah. yeah. Porn wars. Yeah. yeah. Of yeah. course they are going to do that, because they're hoping someone stupid enough is going to come in and buy it for that high price. Right. There was a Polaroid camera. I opened up the back of it. There were dried roaches in it. Ew! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Florida. I mean, clearly those roaches. We we have don't not call them roaches down here. You do? No, we don't call what them do roaches call them? Do, down here. What do we call them again? Palmetto. Palmetto bugs. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. We don't use the word roaches. Roaches is a bad now, word. Now clearly these palmetto bugs yeah. haven't been alive for thirty or forty years. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm thinking because they were small. So I'm thinking yeah. they creeped into the camera. Do they? It's do nice they, and warm in there. Do yeah. Ro no, do roaches eat glue? Um, you know, I never asked the roast what what, you, what he likes to eat. Yeah, but I think they eat it. I think they're maybe. eating. I think they'll eat anything. Yeah, that's but why scavengers. If, that's why if there's ever a a nuclear war, yeah, they'll be. They'll they're be, the only ones that are going to yeah. survive. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, this particular roach infested. I'm sorry, palmetto. Palmetto bug. Bug infested <laughs> camera. The bellows were all messed up in the back because of the roast uh, palmetto bug infestation. Yeah, yeah. And they wanted forty five dollars for this camera. Uh, They're whatever. out of their minds. Yeah. So I have to tell you, uh, you know, I thought, yeah, I'm gonna go to Florida, go to some pawn shops, used 1960s cameras are gonna be like twenty five dollars, five dollars, ten dollars, like all these numbers floating over. Yeah, be awesome. 
and it's no different than New Jersey. Like that's what I'm saying. People they see something old and they have an overinflated idea yeah, yeah. of what this stuff yeah. is really worth. Yeah, they think it's an antique, and it, it, people don't care if it works or not. Yeah, and it just isn't the case. Uh, so that pretty much wraps up the toolkit. On the top, on the top of the toolkit uh, is a very kind of well-maintained accessory department. There's a little, little light meter, valueless. I mean, I checked it out. It works, but um, if you're using a handheld light meter these days, they make an app for your iPhone. Or yeah. Phone. Yeah, exactly. You don't, Please. you don't really need this. Uh, and there's like other stuff like to clean your lens, like one of these air things where you like a little oh, it's like uh, those things that you squeeze and air comes before out. Before canned air. Yeah, there's a cable release, some filters and whatnot. So clearly this was, at one time, a very well-cared-for kit. So would you say the person that owned it was a serious photographer? I would say the person that owned it was a um, serious amateur photographer. Yeah. 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 You know, it's a hobby. Yeah, yes. a hobby. As a matter of fact, in that same household, if you had known, there were probably stacks of pictures taken with... Yeah, that's true. Yeah. If you ask the, was it an older woman? Yeah. Did you, I guess there's probably negatives yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Okay. He was actually a videographer. Oh, is that right? Yeah. He also donated a bunch of video equipment to us. He, If I had a guess, I would say he was a, a photographer first and then got into video in the 80s when that started to take place. Right, when that, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, he wasn't professional. Was he a professional videographer? He was a professional videographer, yeah. Oh, okay. Later on in his life. I don't know what he was earlier in his career, but later on in his career, he was a videographer. There were no uh, newer cameras? Uh, no, not really. I think he's been gone a while. So oh. I think it was like, you know, pre-1995. And they're just cleaning? The rel relatives are cleaning the shop? Uh, yeah, yeah. His wife was cleaning the garage out. Yeah. yeah. Well, very good. That's it, oh. for the, that's it for the segment. Wow. That was fun. That was yeah. pretty exciting. Yeah. I, I'm thrilled. I can't tell you how thrilled I am to be here because this is kind of new and different for me. Uh-huh. And it's always great to work with new people. Yay. And it'd be awesome if we could do, like, the whole show here all the time. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm always game for it. So I can come you back. You just let me know, though. It, okay, this show is G-rated. Oh, yeah. R-rated. <laughs> I don't do X-rated, though. No. no. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> just, oh, my God. I'm going to kick your... Anyway, okay. <laughs> it was it was so fun to be here. Uh, once again, I want to thank you for having me in and uh, allowing me to uh, record this segment. Thank you for being here. And we'll be right back with more show. Do you love the Film Photography Podcast? Show your support. Visit our online store at filmphotographyproject.com. That's right. Your purchases at our store support this show. What show? <laughs> you're not only supporting the podcast, but you're also supporting our ample giveaway programs and our workshops. Just go to filmphotographyproject.com and click the store button. Good golly, Miss Molly. <laughs> We're an official reseller of Kodak Alaris Films. That's right. Impossible Project Instant Films. Super amazing. And our very own FPP hand-rolled films. Your one-stop shopping. I have to tell you, I spent all my waking hours, no joke, <laughs> seeking out awesome films for your 35mm and 120 cameras. Most notably is the addition of Shmina Films. Shmina 
from Eastern Europe. That's right, Schmina Films. Right in our very FPP store, you'll see the famous Schmina FN64, Photo 100, Photo 200, Photo 400, and lots more. As well as Eastman Kodak black and white motion picture film. That's right. That's right for your 35mm still camera. Such stocks as Eastman Double X, Eastman High Contrast 5363, and the awesome Kodak Fine Grain 2366. Check out all these unique film stocks right at filmphotographyproject.com. Hey, thanks. Let's get back to more show. Hey, I just want everyone out there to know that you could write to the Film Photography Podcast, podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. Right, John? Write? Write a letter. Podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. If you want to write a letter Mm. and send stuff. Yeah, you can. You can send it to Film Photography Podcast, P.O. Box 152, Butler, New Jersey. That's B-U-T-L-E-R-N-J 07405, USA. P.O. Box 152, Butler, New Jersey, 07405. That's the same address if you want to donate a camera, a film camera that works, or some film to the FPP. Yeah. So send it on in. Send your love, baby. Okay. It's oh, all about yeah. Hey, we're back. A track man. I want yes. I miss the tracky. Anyone hey. doesn't know the track man is. Oh, you know what's happening hey, now? Tracky. This is Mark. Mm-hmm. This is the sixth year of FPP. What? Mm-hmm. So, Insane. what's happening now? I even see posts on the web now. It's like think about it. A kid yeah. that's fifteen, yeah. a young adult that's fifteen, that's really getting into film photography, mm. was only ten. When the FPP began, he's now a man because so, of so the FPP. People are coming on board now, and like it's almost like it's, a cycle is happening again. Like I saw on Facebook a post: "Hey, I know they don't make this film anymore. I'm really psyched to shoot Kodachrome." Mm. And this person had no clue mm-hmm. that the chemistry process is completely gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Be shooting and some black and white film. We take it for granted because you know we lived through that whole. You know, took it for granted. I mean, CBS News was doing stories. Yeah. I mean, it was like a big news that the process to to you know. Develop. It was over. Kodak Kodachrome, probably the best film ever made. So sad. Is done. But now this whole, we're going to start seeing a cycle of people coming on board and asking the same questions. They'll be like, Mark, tell us what it was like to shoot Kodachrome. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us the story about shooting Kodachrome, please. And pretty soon, in another few years, it's going to be, there won't be enough time in people's lives to go back to episode one, start from one. And work their way up. There'll because there'll be millions of them. By the time they work their way up to the most current they'll, episode, they'll be dead. They'll be old. Yep. <laughs> I highly suggest people start. Their, their at, grandchildren can pick up their work. Start at. <laughs> <laughs> Generations will have to carry on all the knowledge espoused from the years exactly. at FPP. I suggest starting. Folk songs about loading Polaroids. Oh, is it? I suggest starting at the latest episode. Hmm. The newest and work your way back. Well, each episode, I mean, the episodes are highlighted with what's on them. So you can pick and choose according to your. 
Well, some people, I mean, like me, everyone has a little compulsion. Yes. I think some people compulsive, like I'm starting at number one. Okay. And I'm working my way up. It's a lot. So each episode is at least an hour, sometimes two hours. Some of those old episodes were three hours. What are we up to? 116. So that's... That's probably over 150 hours. (laughs) What do you mean? It's more than that. No, some of those episodes are way longer than an hour, dude. I know, but if we're up to 160... It would be like 400 hours. Oh. What did I say? (laughs) 150 hours. Oh. Well, 116. But then again, some think people have it. a lot of time to kill at work, right? Or on the subway. You know what I did for the first time actually today was I listened to the podcast in my car. I had it on my phone mounted to the windshield driving down the road with it on. It never occurred to me to do that before. It was downloaded. No, I just I was streaming it through the FEP site. Mm. How? What are you using for internet? Oh, you're 4G. You 4G. Phone. Yeah. And was it Bluetooth through speaker system? No, I don't have Bluetooth in my car. Oh. But, um, but it worked. Sounded good. I never thought of doing that before. Yeah, technology is going to keep on going, John. Yeah, whether you like it or not. Well, uh, that's, that's really it. I want to thank uh, uh, Leslie for stopping by. Yes. I want to thank uh, the track man. And, uh, and Mark for the Tim Tams. I want to thank the folks down in Tampa. Uh, I want to thank Mark, not Mark Dalzell, the other Mark, our listener Mark, for the Tim Tam by Adriano Zumbo Red Velvet Tim Tam's new limited edition. There's one left. You can put that one into the time capsule. And we can't wait to see what you send in next month. That's right. Uh, we're going to be back. He sends a couple of rolls of film, so he keeps sending us Tim Tams. I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank all you folks out there. Here we are in 2015 who have been listening since the beginning. People have just come on board. Uh, we have a great, wonderful, loyal listener base. It, m- it makes my heart what melt. Swell. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Mark, in case you lost our address, Mark Kilmer, it's uh, P.O. Box 152, <laughs> Butler, New Jersey, 07405. No, we just, we're just joking. The box is big enough to accept Tim Tams. Yeah. P.O. Box. But in our depot, in our shipping depot, yeah. there, over the holidays, I mean, things just got very busy and crazy. There are boxes and boxes and boxes unopened that I still need to go through for the next show. Of Tim Tams? Well, who knows what's in those boxes? God, good. you got to do that, H.I. It could be the current months of Tim Tam. Exactly. got to do that, yeah. H.I. got to so, get that dip tip. We'll see you in two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. You sound like a parrot. Mm-hmm.